Well, good morning, Frontline family. Welcome online with us today. It's good to be able to have church together with you this morning. I pray that you're doing well and that you're just as expectant to get into the Word of God as I am this morning. Church, before we get started, I just want to send out a huge thank you to our worship team, to our sound and media team, and to our editing team that are doing such an amazing job to do these online services for us every week. It takes many hours to to edit that, all the sound and the videos and to bring them into one single broadcast for our Sunday service. So a big shout out to you and appreciation to all of you who are involved. And I must say that it really inspires me to see the selfless commitment to this kingdom work, the rewards of which are eternal. Thank you for this commitment and we love and appreciate you. Church, can we pray together and commit this time to the Lord in prayer? Let's bow together. Father God, we come to you today in the wonderful and magnificent name of Jesus. Lord, we want to commit this time to you. We want to commit this word to you. Lord, as I present your word of truth today, let it impact us so deeply that we will be ignited to live lives completely surrendered to your will and to your purpose, and that we would learn to walk in the love and light of God. Lord, let us not take your word for granted today. But yet let your word search out every dark area of our lives so that we would be the light in every dark situation and advance your kingdom mission in this world. Father, come and have your way in us today. Come and transform us for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name and everyone said, Amen and Amen. Well, church, it's a privilege for me to bring you the word of God this morning and I'm really hoping that what I'm going to share with you today will inspire you and transform you just as much as it did for me. You would have heard me mention the word abide in many of my sermons this year. I've mentioned this word many times because it really is a major part of our main theme for the year, our theme of intimacy. And today I want to take this time to really identify what that means. What does it mean to abide? What does it mean to abide in the love of God? And why are we as Christians called to do that? And to kick this off, I want to ask you to go with me to the book of First John. The book of First John. And, and keep your Bibles open there because that's where we will be focusing most of our attention during this message. And just to give you a bit of context, church, John wrote First, Second, and Third John around 80 AD, which was about 50 years after Jesus. They're not long books, but they are very important for the time and season in which we find ourselves right now. And he wrote these epistles to show us what are the most important things that we need to survive the years to come. And what you'll, you'll discover is that the epistles of John are necessary to prepare us for the end times, the preparation of the bride, so that we would be ready to meet our Savior. And if you were to put the epistles of John into a nutshell, his message to the church was simply this. God is light and God is love. Right? He was basically saying, get a hold of this concept. Understand this, that God is light and God is love. And so in 1 John chapter 1, from verses 5 to 7, it says, This is the message which we have heard from Him and declared to you, that God is light and in Him, is no darkness at all. 
If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. You see, God is light and God is love. John is very strong in establishing this in his epistles. Now, when we talk about light, we talk about light as a power source. It's a source of God's life itself. Light and life are the same thing in God. His light is His life. Love is the only motivating factor for everything that God does. He does everything out of that motive, but His light is the very essence of His being. It's just He is light and He is life. In John chapter 1 from verses 4 to 5 it says, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, light and life go together. And so when we talk about God, He's a God of life, a God of light. He's the source of all life. His light is His life. And you cannot have light or life without love, and you cannot have love without light. These two things are inseparable. And this is the message that John is trying to get across. These are the two essential factors when we talk about God. Who is God? He is light. That's His very essence. He's the life of the whole universe. By Him, all things continue to exist. It says in Colossians that He is the life source of everything. That's our magnificent God. And that life source is spoken of as a light. The very light of God. And He is love. The very being of God is love and light. Church, it's God's light that brings healing. The fire of God is a manifestation of His light. You know, when we talk about light in terms of natural light, we understand that light travels 299,792 kilometers per second or around 18 million kilometers per minute. That's quite amazing. And it's a form of energy. But it's a very low form of energy because God's form is on a much higher frequency. God's light is on a much higher form of energy. It's a form of power. And you know in Psalm 36 verse 9 it says, it says this about God. You're a fountain of cascading light and you open up our eyes to light. And in 1 Timothy 6 verse 16 it says, He's the only one death can't touch. His light so bright no one can get close. He's never been seen by human eyes. Human eyes can't take Him in. Honor to Him and eternal rule, oh yes. I love the way the message translation puts that, oh yes. You see, here it says that no one can approach the full light of God. It would destroy us if we were exposed to the fullness of God's light or God's glory. It's so pure, it's so powerful that it would utterly decimate us. So God, had to, God has to dial it down. In Habakkuk chapter 3, it says this about our amazing God. It says, Skies are blazing with His splendor. His praise is sounding through the earth. His cloud brightness like dawn, exploding, spreading 
forked lightning shooting from his hand. What power hidden in that fist. There's great power and life in his light. And church, one of the issues that we have when we talk about our relationship with God, one of the problems we have is incompatibility. We're not in sync with God because of our fallen nature. You know, we only see a little. We only understand a little. We only relate to God at a lower level because of this, this problem of in- incompatibility between Him and us. And if it is our desire to change that, if we want to break through that barrier of incompatibility between God and ourselves, we've got to become what He is. And what is He? He is love and He is light. And the more love we have, the more light we have, the closer we get to God. It's really important that we understand this, church, because this is the message of the epistles of John. This is the message to the end-time church, love and light. So, Scripture tells us that Jesus is the light or the life of the world, right? He is the prince of light. He is the king. And Satan is the prince of darkness. And the Bible talks about darkness as a power. The powers of darkness in Ephesians chapter 6, where it speaks about darkness as a power. So, light is a power and darkness is a power. Satan's kingdom is motivated by hate and selfishness. That's a trademark of his kingdom. That's how he operates. But the kingdom of God is motivated by love and self-denial. The exact opposite. And these are qualities we need to learn how to adopt and flow in. You see, we can either flow in the the powers of darkness or we can flow in the powers of light. Let me give you an example. Hatred is a power. It's a power of darkness. The power of another kingdom, which is a power. Any form of bondage or oppression is the power of darkness. And the more we are delivered from the power of darkness, the more we walk in the light, in His life, and in His glory. And if we're going to become like Him, we need to become one with Him. We have to become compatible with God. We have to love like He loves, and that causes us to walk in the light. That's the principle. So what is God? He is what? He is love, and He is light. Amen. Now, the universe and all of creation was made by love. Because that's the only motivation that God has for everything that He does. The universe and all of creation was made by His love. And church, what's very profound here is that all of creation responds back to us through love and it's the most important thing for our survival. Let me explain what I mean. The more power you have to inflict danger on others, the more you are in danger. The more power you have to inflict danger, the more you are in danger. When you think about the examples in in more recent history of Germany and Japan in the last world war, the more dangerous a people become, the more difficult it is for them to survive. The innocent little lamb has, has survived and increased over centuries, but many predators have become extinct. We need to understand this love. It is the most important thing for survival. It is the most important thing in the universe. Everything responds to us, back to us through that way. 
You know, church, when we dare to practice love and be loving, God's creation, animals and humans, respond back to us in the same way. It's a kingdom principle because God is love. It's the same with with plants and crops. You know, many years ago, they did scientific experiments with, with music and plants. And when they played heavy metal music to these plants, they almost died within days. Sorry to those that like heavy metal music, but I'm just stating the facts here. But when people responded to them in love and played good music and soothing songs, these plants flourished. The farmers caught on with this concept and started playing soothing songs to their cows while they were being milked and they produced much better milk. And it's not just based on some crazy concept that it might sound a bit airy-fairy, church, but it's based on a universal principle. God's creation was made by love and responds to love. And we need, to, we need to understand, church, that love releases light, which is a power. It's the very light of God, the very life of God. Well, let me put it like this. Love releases light or life, which overpowers darkness or death. 1 John 4 tells us this about the love of God. It says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And if we want our love to be perfected, verse 17 tells us what to do. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is now, so are we in this world. So he's saying, you know, God is love. He that dwells in God dwells in love If you abide in love, you will abide in God. You see, it's not that complicated to abide. If you abide in love in this world, we will abide in God because God is love. And I want to ask you a quick question this morning, church. How many of you out there want to be bold on the day of judgment? When you stand before God and your whole life is revealed before Him. It says, this is the way that our love is made perfect. So that we can stand before Him on the day of judgment, confident and without shame. And how is our love made perfect? By starting to love. Church, by starting to love, it's that simple. Obey His commandment and your love will be made perfect. You know, you may say, well, I'll never be perfect. I'll never get everything right. That's just too much to ask of me. But you see, you don't have to get everything right. You just got to get this one thing right. This thing that John is talking about, love and light. If you get this right, you will abide in Him. You'll dwell with Him. You'll live with Him. You'll become compatible with Him because that's what He's like. He's love. You see, church, if love is your goal, God will give you the power to love with. If this is the desire of your heart to to obey God in this commandment, He will give you the power to love with. And if this is your driving force, your love will be made perfect as you start to love. 1 John chapter 3 tells us of this type of love that we should have. And church, I want to read most of the chapter to you this morning. And it's going to take about two or three minutes, so just stay engaged with me. But... I really want you to see the significance of this type of love and how it relates to us abiding in God. 
Let's start reading. It says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. Verse 5 and 6 says, You know that He appeared in order to take away sins, and in Him there is no sin. No one who abides in Him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen Him or known Him. Church is saying, if you live in love, you won't sin. Alright? Verse 9 onwards says, No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in Him, and He cannot keep on sinning because He has been born of God. Speaking about our spiritual birth. By this it is evident, who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and who murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers. Do not be surprised, church, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not leave, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do what He pleases. And listen to this, church. And this is His commandment, that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He commanded us. Whoever keeps His commandments abides in God and God in Him, and by this we know that He abides in us by the Spirit whom He has given us church this is the message that john's bringing one of the last messages ever written to the church is love one another and if you do this you will abide in god and you see church it's an attitude of the heart it's not about being perfect it's that in the attitude of the heart and and the way that you think but it's also the things that we do because what's in our heart and our mind are expressed in the way that we live and in the things that we we do and say in life but it begins right here. In James chapter 2, verse 8, it says, If you really, like really, really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You're doing well. If you fulfill the royal law, which is a kingdom law, you'll be doing good. Church, this is the central law of God's kingdom. 
Whereas the kingdom of darkness, the central law, is hatred and selfishness. The kingdom law of God's kingdom is that you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. You, you see, love and self-denial. And church, when we begin to love like that, the light that it creates is the power to break through any dark situation and bondage that people are overcome with. It has the power to transform lives, the power to transform cities and nations. Because the more you live in love, the more you live in God's light and God's life. The more change that comes to you. It brings growth and purity and power. You see, church, let me say it like this. The measure of light that we walk in comes from the measure of love that we walk in. Let me say that again. The measure of light that we walk in comes from the measure of love that we walk in. Because that increases the light. You know, there's such an interesting fact about light. Many nations around the world today have a problem with polluted water. Like India or Pakistan or different countries across Europe or Africa. They have polluted water. And if you've ever been into one of those countries and have a sip of that water, even by mistake right? You'll be sorry because you'll have dysentery for a couple of weeks and I believe it is a horrible thing to experience. But what's really interesting, church, the studies show that the quickest way to purify water is to expose it to sunlight. If you take a, a cup of polluted water and you expose it to sunlight for 24 hours, it's purified. Every amoeba dies, every bacteria dies. It's totally purified. You see, exposure to light brings purity. You know, in Alaska, where at times of the year, it has up to 23 hours of sunlight in a day, the vegetables and crops there grow huge. They are enormous because of the exposure to so much light. And these are comparisons to the glory of God. If you are exposed to the glory of God, you're going to grow like that. You are going to grow exponentially. If you're exposed to the light and glory of God, you are going to be purified. But you'll only walk in that light as you walk in love. And the more you walk in love, the more you walk in light and are purified. You see, that's the way that God has designed it to work. And it's not about being holy and perfect in everything you do in your, in your own works, church. It's about walking in love and being purified by the light as you walk. It's not that complicated. God hasn't made it difficult. He said, if you walk in love, you'll be, you will be the same as I am. And the more you walk in love, then the light increases. The glory increases on you and around you and inside of you. The more compatible you become with God who is love, the more light you ha will have. And the more light you will have, the more you will become pure. And not because you've done anything, just simply because you've been exposed to it. You see, church, we need to get away from this thinking of doing things to be pure. It's not the way it works. It's not scriptural at any level. And what John is saying is that we need to become compatible with God. The more we love, the more light we receive, the more power of God we receive. And the Word says if you abide in love, you abide in Him and you will ask what you will and it shall be done for you because you're abiding in Him. You see, John understood this principle. 
If you read the Gospels of John, if you read chapters 14, 15, and 16, he speaks about abiding in him. And 50 years later, he's writing the same thing. He's got an even better understanding 50 years later. I mean, he's had visions of heaven. He's experienced all of these things. And he said, if you're going to come through to the end, and you're going to come through all of the judgments and all of those things, and you're going to stand before the Lord with confidence, he said, this is what you need to do. You need to start loving. You need to start loving. You see, love and light start in the mind. It enters the heart and then controls our behavior. First in our intellect, how it works and, and what God requires, that's a mind thing. And then it's the heart at a deeper level. Because we want to do this and then it begins to control all of our behavior. So church, we need to understand what God requires of us. If we work on this, if you work on this more than anything else, you're going to get it right. And I want to emphasize again, church, it's not about being perfect in everything that we do. You know, the Bible talks about Elijah, who is one of the Old Testament prophets, who really, who, he really made it through in God. He was a great man in God, right? But it says he was a man subject to like passions as you and I. Because he runs away from Jezebel right after God performs a mighty miracle before his eyes. Right? He didn't get everything, get everything right. But his heart was right. Moses, after all the training that God took him through, after all the work that, that God did inside of him, right towards the end of his life, he gets it wrong. He strikes the rock instead of speaking to it. He smote the rock because, you know, he was furious. He wasn't perfect. But he had a heart towards God and a heart for God's people. I mean, he had to deal with two million people grumbling at him day after day after day. You know, I think many of us would have stayed up on the mountain and just left them to their own devices. But he loved those people so much that when God wanted to blot out the, those people's names from the book of life, he said, God, if you're going to blot out those people's names from the book of life, you're going to have to blot mine out with them as well. That's a heart for people. That's an amazing level of intercession for people. But he wasn't perfect. And church, I'm not saying that you can't work towards sinless perfection. But I think you've got to get your mind off of that and just get your heart and mind on starting to love people. And doing what John is saying here. If you live in love, you'll live in light and you will transform into the image of Jesus. Yes, it's a process, but it's as simple as that. Obey His command. And what is His command? That you love one another. If we love one another, church, God dwells in us. And when that love is perfected in us, we have perfect light that comes with it so that we are changed into the same image that He is. God has given us a royal law, a royal command. And that royal command is, is very simple. That you'll just love one another. You know, church, as I begin to close, there are only three things that will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't hate. It's not jealous. 
because it wants the very best for every person whom you come in contact with. It wants to see them blessed by God. It wants to see them prosper. This type of love wants to see God's blessing upon their lives in every way. And if you really want that, you can't be jealous or you can't be envious or carry hatred in your heart because the power of love just wipes all of that away. If you genuinely want that from your heart, church, and start walking on the path of love, you will experience the light of God and the power of God in your life. And so church, I guess today is really a call for you and I to start finding opportunities to love. Remember, it begins in the heart and mind. And once we are committed to that commandment, God will give us the power to love with. We serve a God of magnificent light and love and abiding in Him are the keys to the kingdom of God.